Hey, we're finally here. We are here. We're here. Let me introduce everybody to my man, Freddie Smith. Freddie, how are you? I'm excellent, Jazz. <laughs> I love it. Getting Freddie on the podcast for some reason is just so bizarre compared to everybody else we've had on here. All right. Um, Freddie is a guy that I've probably known, what, 25 years? By the way, Pennington called me this morning out yeah. of nowhere. I'm yeah. going to know. I knew uh, Freddie from 1993, 94, 94. Right? Yeah. I think sophomores, sophomore year, maybe junior year, we started with Bobby Polk in the, uh, in the gym. Yeah, yeah. And uh, took you guys on, you know, we could go over that, took you guys on senior trip, your senior year. And uh, from there, I mean, you became like a brother to me. So yeah. I wanted to get you in here. Uh, your stories are just amazing. Is James Chu, who we've, I've had on here before, his stories mm-hmm. of climbing all the peaks and hunting hogs and doing all that type of jazz are amazing. And Pennington, I'm going to get on soon if I could get him down here through the phone. But I wanted to go back to. Um, the reason I do a lot of these now is all type A personalities, okay? All guys that get after it, all guys that are pretty successful, male, female, from Emily to you to Luke Hochaver, Chad Speck, everybody's on there. The one thing I want to ask all my listeners, uh, asking you is, what makes you different? What makes you do what you do? We know what you do is occupation. You're insurance sales. You do that. But what makes you do what you do at, what, 42 now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what? when did you know that you were different? Well, I think that's maybe two different questions, both very good ones. What makes me do what I do? Um, and, 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 okay, so you are a, um, I say, an ex-Terra champ, a, a, a Mountain bike extraordinaire, road bike extraordinaire, your outdoor guy. You, the Xterra. Explain the Xterra to the public out there. Yeah, so Xterra was something I fell into years ago, and I've since stopped um, when I had a back injury. But Xterra is an off-road triathlon, so it's open water swims, mountain biking, and trail running. Uh, trail running all thrown together. A um, little bit different than than you know people think triathlon. They think Ironman, but uh, Xterra is a little different. It's a different crowd and. Got into that honestly by peer pressure, you know. I'd moved back here uh, to Knoxville. What year was that when uh, you moved back? That was 2002. So I'd been in California. I'd been in Colorado. You know, generally away from any kind of competition for quite a while. And uh, moved back here. Was working with my old man. Uh, joined the country club. Right. Playing golf. Right. Going to the pub. It looks. You that, know, that nothing like you. Yeah. Nothing like you. Yeah. So, I mean, like- and, and so a few years into it, you know, I was pretty miserable. And uh, a buddy of mine said, hey, I've just signed up for this thing called Xterra. I'm going to go do it. And this was a college buddy that, you know, I, I didn't really ever think of as an athlete. But were you training with me then? No. We were uh, I, each other at Bogart. So this is about the time I came back to you, right? Okay. So I, uh, I, I decided, you know what? If he can do that thing, I can do that thing. All right. So I went and found one over in Virginia. In Charlottesville, I think, is where it was. And uh, it was a few months out. And that's what I'd, I'd run into. You and I said, all right, it's time to, time to call Patron. It's time to get back in the wood gym. What year was that? Must have been maybe 04-ish. It wasn't too long after I moved back. But you weren't. See, and that's why I love the podcast, because I didn't even know that. Same with Chewy. Like, how do you get into climbing the mountains? That's how you got into it? Yeah. Like, a buddy was like, hey, I'm about to do this one, and yeah. that's... Yeah. 
I mean, I was. I, Were you it, doing anything physical? I was, I was at doing that nothing. Level? I was doing nothing. Well, define nothing. Nothing. Uh, you know, working out at Gold's Gym and swinging golf clubs. That's it. That was probably it. See, I wasn't even working out at Gold's Gym. I didn't even know you swung a golf club. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I think we're zero for two yeah. on. Yeah. I, I didn't know. Yeah. Really. So so you know and 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 so that that's how I got into the sport of Xterra and you know that that could be a very long story but you know I started training here in the wood gym with you again when I had that that goal in front of me. Did you already uh, do one or were no, you about to do? One? No, I was about to. I was about to. Well, when did I take you out on the uh, the Wizard of Oz bicycle? Yeah, that was that was around Valley. then. That was around then. And we went on the road, and you were really good on yeah. a really shitty bike. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, you could be good at this." But well, you are well, and that's that's kind of the second part of your question, right? You know, when did you when yes. did you know yes. you were really good? And yes. I think high school sports, college activity, you know, really everything up until that point, I wouldn't have thought of myself as as really good. Uh, you know, I was good, but not great really at anything. And I think when I when I, I jumped into Xterra and realized I had a, a, a talent uh, riding bikes as well as running, you know, all of a sudden I thought, you know what, I could do this. And, and how uh, old were you? See, because it's different because all the other greats that I've had on here, it's like eight years old, 13 years old. J.P. Smith said it, Helton, mm-hmm. 13, Harrison, eighth grade. So you go through... You're actually the complete opposite of that. Yeah, complete. I was probably 28. You were 28 with your first? Probably. Yeah, that's about when it was. Okay, so I don't want to get stuck on this, but I definitely want to go. I want to take you through your first Xterra race at 28. So did we train for long? And how did you fare in it to go... Oh shit! I could be pretty good at this. Oh, I, I did terrible. <laughs> yeah, I almost drowned on the swim. You know, people are coming out of the transitions in thirty seconds, forty-five seconds. I'm in there toweling off and having a snack. And a transition, uh, you go from water to right from the swim to the bike, and from the bike to the run. Got You've it. got a little uh, a pin with your your gear and a rack for your bike, and you go in there and you know you kind of rip through there and and uh, you know I don't know what the hell I was doing. I was spending five minutes in there getting myself straight. Uh, no training, no coaching from anything. Nothing, nothing. like at the levels you are. With- no, that was ready, fire, aim all the way. And uh, uh, you know, the bike, mountain bike, was okay. You know, I could always run like the wind, so always, you know, have, that's been an easy piece for me. But no, I mean, overall, I was I was way the hell down the charts in that thing. But I absolutely loved it, and uh, it was like a fire got lit in me. And uh, and so that was that was kind of the first of you know. Uh, what an eight ten year period of that that turned into a, a you know damn near professional racing career. Yeah, well, you said the magic word from everybody I've interviewed and everybody's been on this show and everybody's come through this gym. You got to love it, right? I tell everybody that with everything they're doing. If you don't love it, you're not going to be good at it. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So, so after that, did you go? Okay, now I love it, but I want to be really good at it. Yeah. But how did you know you were going to be good at it if you just loved it? If you didn't do well. Well, I didn't know I was going to be good at it, but I loved it. And I knew I had some talent and I had good people around me like you. And uh, just that, you know, the the way I'm wired is to, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it as well as I can Yeah, and give myself every advantage. And, um, you know, I think, I think probably for the, whatever length of period my career was, call it eight years, I think I improved every single race. Okay, 
All right. So again, another common denominator that, you know, I put you right with all, all of them, all the guys on the wall. I mean, you know, there's a love affair of if, if you guys haven't been through the wood gym yet, if you ever get a chance to stop through, there's an Asian guy that you might think I have a sweet tooth for because I have so many pictures of him on the wall. <laughs> so I got to compete with him and Freddie of putting pictures on the wall. Then you have a shrine of Harrison Smith in the corner by the bathroom. But I would say that everybody has the same consistent gene. Half nuts. Half crazy. They always had they're a little bit off. A little bit affected. There's not mm-hmm. there's not one story that's not affected. And I don't know if that comes from childhood or whatever of the drive that all you guys have the same key component. Wouldn't yeah. you say? I mean oh, yeah. where does that come from? Does it come from childhood? You know, you talked about your back surgery. Um when you had to have that, the pain threshold that you had to do that while you were still riding was ab- above anything that I could handle. And Dr. James Chu, who's right in the industry, was saying, I don't know how he could do that. But you're probably one of the mentally, most mentally tough guys that I know. Right. You know, I mean, your head strong is, is amazing. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things I learned when, when you kind of reach a, the upper echelon of a certain sport, whatever it is. I think you realize the difference in athletes becomes less about physical and more about the mental, and and that's a, a huge component. And one of the the most you know vital lessons I learned early on is is the head matters, and you can you can do a lot more than you think you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's good. That's that's so. So again, take me back. So after that one, you were like, you know, because we got a little time and I could go on. We might have to do a second one because I know I don't like to keep anybody <laughs> long. But just how it gets to where, you know, yeah. you're the best of the best. I mean, from the Leadville 100 mountain bike race that, you you know, Lance Armstrong's thing out in Colorado to every to getting your finger pricked last week with uh, Robbie Ventura for, for lactate acid, the, the threshold of what you're doing up and down a hill to figure out where your energy and oxygen, how did it get to that level? Yeah, that's a good question. (laughs) I guess it's just striving to get better and to do more. Um, You know, you can be a good athlete just on raw talent, but when you really want to push yourself, when you really set, I think, uh, goals that might appear unachievable, you know, you have to, to look at things a little different, and that's getting more scientific about how you train and understanding your body better. I mean, I'm 42, right? I can't just go out there and rip it like a 22-year-old can. I got to be a lot smarter about what I'm doing. Well, I mean, we had to back you down a lot because it was all or nothing with you, you know, and and I think I was preaching that now, talking with Harrison, we talked about recovery of everybody's on that. And I was trying to tell you years ago, you built your foundation again, I refer back to Harrison because we talk so much about mm-hmm. training is once you have the brick by brick, you have to build, Yeah, you know, to, to do a fall away jumper, you have to perfect a jumper first. So you just can't go, oh, look at Michael Jordan do the fall away jumper. You yeah. have to perfect the basics. So after the basics, you can pick and choose of the recovery and how to train and when to train and go 42 minutes of quality training is better than two hours for you. And I mean this with most respect. It was the hardest thing to get through to you and your hard head of like, you could take off today and you're going to be better. Oh, I can't, I don't understand that. But yeah. the recovery part of it for you is huge now. It has to be. Yeah. Yeah. Without that, I mean, you just break down. 
I mean, because you built the foundation, you know, you know, again, muscle memory kicks in. Harrison's like, wow, never thought I'd jump that hurdle. Two weeks ago, he jumped something and was like, I haven't done that in three three years. Yeah, but remember, we're 17 years into the training, so it's going to snap back. You know, so you, you go into that, you come back, you start training, you start, do you start, again, when I do these podcasts, I ask questions and I'm like, I never knew that about Freddie. Is do you, was, what type of competition or meet was the first one you did level like novice level local regional um uh national how does it get to the next steps of okay now my next one do you pick it as a hard one an easy one do you know it or is it a uh you know cherry picking where everybody just goes in and you don't know do you have to qualify to this right, level right. to get to that level well i mean with 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 xterra when i was racing in that series you can just do little regional races all you want. Uh, but they do have uh, regional competitions, national competitions, world competitions. So qualifiers so, like weightlifting, you it, have to have a certain total exactly, to get to this. Exactly. Okay. You know, but, but the series you're talking about, I could pick one in Asheville, North Carolina, and yeah. Charlie Patron could go do one and see where it is. And then, yep. okay, then you start climbing, climbing. Yeah. Because then, you're at the level now where you got sponsors. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I was. For I mean, sure. you were for sure on top of your game, which I still think you are. But Freddie Smith's got sponsors. You're racing. You were the amateur beating half the pros, right. and then you know the pros. You were like, okay, again. The next question I wanted to ask, and I, we've asked this before: Did you get into it too late? Do you think this would have been something uh, like Chewy's nephew uh, at that level? If you got into that, would you still be where you are, or better, or maybe not even selling insurance and well, I mean, competing at the level in your twenties and thirties. Did I get in it too late? Did, did I get in it too late to make it a profession? Yes. Yes. Yeah, because I, you know, you know, twenty eight to thirty five is kind of the 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 peak for for pro athletes in that sport. Sure. And uh, really, at thirty five. So yeah, that's that's starts. the upper end. I mean, you you have some freaks out there that are you know still competing at a high professional level at forty, uh, but but a lot less than than you know twenty three, twenty four year olds, right? Um, so yeah, I got into, into it too late to make it a profession, which was probably a good thing, <laughs> certainly for uh, my family and our sure. income, because it's a hard, it's a hard deal. Right. And as competitive as I got, uh, just at the amateur level, you know, when I finished in 2012, you know, my last race was, uh, overall amateur world championship. And, and, you know, at that point I could have turned pro, uh, that's also the same year I ended up hurting my back. And my whole life had gotten out of whack, though. I'd put everything into my racing, and things were suffering at home and suffering at work. So, you know, would I have made a good pro athlete? Absolutely, but it probably wouldn't have made me a very good husband and father, that's right. for sure. Right, right. But in your 20s, you know, because you have to have that tunnel vision. All yeah. the great ones do. They sacrifice everything. you got to give up to go up, as John C. Maxwell says. So, yeah. I mean, you know, all those head coaches, the great ones, are usually divorced six, seven times because, yep. you know, they're Nick Boletari eight times, you know, but produced all the best. So I get that. So from the 2012, wow, time flies by. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. 2012, you were still an amateur. Where did you take it from 2012? Did you, 
Did you back off after your back surgery? I go, wait a minute, because I know that's another challenge. I want to see if I could get all athletes. I want to see if I could get back to the point before my injury. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, 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 my goal was to get back where where I was. And, and have you done everything at that point or no? There are still more races. I mean, hell, you traveled with me to South Florida to do a race. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we flew back, you know. With your bike on the plane, and, and <laughs> you know you're oh, you were always finding a, no matter where you were, you were yeah. finding a spot yeah. to do some outlandish type of training routines, right? Oh yeah. So you were going still do, and you still do. <laughs> yeah, you have other challenges, but the biking thing is just that's the sport that I wouldn't say put you on on the map, but I think the street cred was okay. Then you went to Xterra to the road biking, and now you are did you. Did you race road biking as much as the Xterra? No, never. never. Mountain bike racing was pretty much exclusive. I ride road bikes all over the place for training, but really just race the mountain bikes. The mountain bikes. Yeah. Um, and, and so after 2012, what was the next big competition? Are you in the pro events now? I mean, can you be a pro and be a guy that runs an insurance company and you sure. know, has to travel and, and a well, family there's, there's man. and tons of professional pros, uh, absolutely. And when I race mountain bikes, I still race with a pro license. Okay. All right. So you, you, you went into the pro division at some point, right? Right. What year was that? Uh, well, after 2012. After the big amateur world championships. Yeah. You, do you have to? Is it like point out with motocross? No, or? I mean, I could, I, could, I could class down. But uh, cherry picking, you know, as they say, it, class down, whoop everyone's ass, feel good, get another medal. Exactly. Yeah, but that's not how you're wired. So <laughs> you go up to the pro division. Yes. Okay. How, how are you there? Kicking ass or getting ass kicked? Uh, a little, a little of both. <laughs> More getting my ass kicked than kicking ass. But it's uh, is it a bigger division, a bigger group? Uh, it depends on the group? race. Depends on the race okay. and where you are. Can be. And and what's the separation of a pro to the top? To the top amateur, like Freddie Smith was, to a pro, the time separation. You know, like in a race, like, oh, well, you have he was two minutes off or he could have. Well, it's not, you know, putting it in terms of time is difficult because different races are different distances. And, you know, you've got 100-mile mountain bike races, 20-mile mountain bike races. You've got six-day stage races. You know, I would say the, the top from, you know, mid-pack pro to top amateur is pretty slim. Slim. Yeah. Yeah, because when you were you an know, amateur, maybe you maybe two or times? maybe two or three percent, right? Because you were coming in, pulling the results up on the computer, always yeah. happy to show me, and and it would be like, well, I beat seven of the pros. I would have been fourth in the pro division, but I was in the amateur division. Yeah, right? yeah. So so the juice of turning pro is racing with the best, getting better. I mean, it's got to feel cool. I mean, it sounded cool just now going right. pro license. You know, you're not an amateur anymore. You're a pro. You put the time into it. You got a scar to prove it, correct? Yeah. <laughs> this is true. I mean, so you're doing it all. I mean, so from 2013 to what? When did you stop? Like 16, 17? Racing Xterra? Yes. 2012. It's my last race. That was your last race? Yep. And Just been purely mountain bike racing since then. <sighs> See, I didn't know that either. So that now, now you pick a whole different. So now, but before you hired, you were working with a swim coach. You were doing everything, always moving the training around here. This mm -hmm. model never stayed the same. It was a constant a Rubik's cube, oh, trying yeah. to find the perfect fit. I don't know if we ever found it, but we were always trying to struggle to get to it. Right? Oh yeah, we always struggled, and I, you know, part of that was me because, you know, I uh, I felt like, you know, getting myself sore in the weight room was the wrong thing to do. When I had to go out and do a long run right. or go for a bike workout, right? And then I think it was 
the winter of 2011 when you really pushed me uh, to, to, to get in here and go heavy on the weights uh, because my run split was constantly top three. My swim was top one-third. It was never going to be great, but it was good enough not to lose. And my bike was, you know, 10 to 15. And uh, so you, you really pushed me to get in here, focus on doing heavy lifting uh, in the off-season and even into the beginning part of the season. And all of a sudden that year, my bike split was top five. Now, just do you think just from the training? You know, I never asked you this question, but when you mountain bike, when you're doing that, do you have a mountain bike riding coach like they do in motocross? The kids I've trained in motocross have like riding coaches and they sit out there and watch the laps and they work on cornering, getting out of this corner faster, keeping the gas on. Did you work on that by no, yourself or I, hire anybody for that? I didn't really. Just, did you ride with faster riders? Yeah, I mean, I always them? tried to get out with guys that were that were, that were were better than me. Um, <clears throat> you know, so either technically or, or physically. and uh, But I never had a coach that, to work on technique. Probably would have been a good idea. I mean, at the level, but it all started flowing. Yeah. Because I well, knew- when you get at that level, I mean, seconds start to, to count. Yes. And yeah. the difference between first and tenth could be – you know, 20 seconds. Um, you know, so it's, it's those little things, little bits of technique, uh, can, can, can make a big difference. So you didn't, so no swimming anymore, no running. I, that's kind of, I understand now. Cause I never hear you talk about that now. See, that's what yeah. I love about the podcast. Cause there's things you sit down. If we went out to eat, we wouldn't talk about this. And right. if we're in the gym, we don't talk. We're always in the morning. We're always, yeah. uh, grumpy agitated whatever training and and it's you know busy as hell and we're just running around so so then you just went over to mountain biking yeah i mean i tried to get back to it but the running just didn't agree with my back after i had surgery right so i just you know the the doctor said look you can push through it's just a little arthritic pain and but you know i said it's just not worth it so uh i still love to mountain bike and gives me no problem so i decided to focus on that and and the next challenge i could be wrong but the next challenge i love my state-of-the-art calendar up there that we always look at with all the different colors and they're not in order and chad speck the sports agent that trains here hates that because he's you know anal retentive but that's another story i'll get him on next week for that was it the leadville because you go okay here's my next Mm -hmm. big challenge because you're the type of guy again type a wired patron wood gym freddie whatever we want to title it what's next you know and me studying other podcasts of other people of other great people that's all they talk about the great ones never settle you know so you how did you pick the leadville the 100 mile mountain bike race yeah i mean it's it's kind of a a bucket list kind of race for for mountain bikers and road bikers alike really it's uh it's just such a test it's a 100 mile mountain bike race where the elevation you start at is 10,200 feet so you've got you've got a 100 mile race ahead of you you've also got altitude to contend with and uh it's just one of those uh races that that you know, is uh, is again a bucket list kind of thing, but a huge challenge. And uh, so, you know, I'd known a lot of friends that had gone out to do it. And every year, I like to pick something that's going to push me and challenge me. And and that seemed like a good one to just go ahead and tackle. What year was that? Uh, it was three years ago, maybe sixteen. Was that your biggest crossover from exterior to mountain biking? I was ride. It, I mean, because you've done a couple down under the border or somewhere over the border. What do you say, under or over? <laughs> I'm slightly retarded, so I don't know. <laughs> C- 
across the border. He's across the border. See, I knew it. That's a web graduate right there. Private school to no school. Yeah, that that definitely would have been one of the biggest biggest challenges uh, up to that point. And uh, it was it was you know there's there's completion and then there's competing. Right? Are you a competitor or a completer? Yeah. And uh, and and I've never been a completer, so yeah. You know, it's it's different. Yeah. There's a lot of people that go out there Keep just score sixty two races. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did sixty two this yeah. year. Great. Yeah. Good. Uh, I finished last in every one. Yeah. That's yeah. not me either. Yeah. I get it. I'd rather not do any. Yep. I'd yeah. rather. Well, so it, when you went to the board, when we went to the calendar. I could have sworn there was another one before that that you really had to qualify for. You had to. What was that? Didn't you? No, 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 no. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You don't remember this, okay? Is you could pay to do the Leadville. Oh yeah. Or you could qualify. Right. Yeah. There's That's a, there's, there's a there's a camp that you can pay. Right. If you go do the camp, they get you an entry. Right. Uh, and uh, or or there's a lottery. Um, but but uh, to to get in, which you What's know, which, uh, you just you put your name in the hat and they draw. If there's a hundred spots and a thousand people put their names in, maybe you got a one in ten shot to to get a Leadville entry. That's and, two ways. And uh, the other way is go to one of a you know half dozen Leadville race series qualifying races and go race. And, and which it, one did you do? I did one down in Austin. It so was you won the qualifier. Yeah, it was a qualifier. You want to take the hard way? That's right. Uh, I wasn't going to toe the line if I didn't earn my way in. And uh, so, yeah, I went down to Austin, Texas. It's called the Austin Rattler and uh, placed high enough there to get a spot and also placed me in a, in a, a, a more forward starting position, which, which helps. Right. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, because you got you know thousands of people out there. If you're back at the back, it becomes a conga line going up the steep climbs. And that's where your biggest goal, I think one of them was, I got to get the buckle. Yeah. And so if you go to my Instagram page, Freddie's on there with the buckle the size of his head. It's yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah. Under, you got the un, buckle. Under nine hours, you get the big buckle. Under 12 hours, you get a little buckle. And you got the big buckle. Get the big buckle. Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> under nine hours. That's under, amazing. Under nine. Yeah. It's a long day. <laughs> so, I mean, and that that's, an, you know, we bring that all the way around of after you finish that, do you go home and talk to your wife and go, hey, I'm done? Or I think I got to go to something else because she's got to be a saint with all the time that you put in on the weekends. I hear all, all the hours that you constantly do. So, yeah, yeah, there's no way I could do it without her support. Yeah. So, but she knows, even though she gets frustrated, she knows it's what makes me tick. Yeah. Big uh, shout out to Mrs. <laughs> Smith. That's awesome. Yeah. So, after the Leadville, do you, go, do you sit back for a minute? And which, you know, I know that answer, but. And go after another one, or how do you keep like with Chewy? Okay, Mount Everest or whatever. It's I'm done, been there, done that. You know, Harrison five Pro Bowls, Super. Okay, what? How how do you keep moving the bar? How do you keep moving the goalposts back? Well, I think you know at the end of each year, and kind of beginning of the next year, look at look at goal setting and have somebody that's going to challenge you on that every year, whether that's you or a, a, some other coach you've got. Um, you know, sit down and think about what you want to do. And there's any any number of things out there, and whether it's, uh, you know, uh, another big mountain bike race, a stage race, that's kind of something I've gotten more into lately is, you know, multi-day events. Um, but, yeah, look at look at each year and say, okay, what am I going to find uh, to push myself? What's uh, a challenge I haven't taken on yet? Something else that's going to, you know, keep me, keep me out there honest and hungry. I mean, have you raced from 2017 to 2018 year? Have you done a race? Oh yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, uh, probably uh, the, the, the most fun uh, race I did last year was the Breck Epic, which is a six-day mountain bike stage race. That's right. Yeah. yeah. See, I keep Up forgetting. in Breckenridge, Colorado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you, you're out west a lot. You, you you went to the University of Colorado, correct? Correct. So you know that. You know the altitude. You're you know skier. You do it all. Uh, so what is it different out west that you like? Is that where all the big boys play with the mountain bike compared to east or south? Or? Yeah, I mean, it, look, there's there's great uh, great athletes everywhere, right. but um, I just tend to like the challenge of the altitude and the the climbing in the big mountains and big descents. Um, you just have a better opportunity out there to put just massive courses together than you do back in the east. And that was the last one, the six, the six stages. Yeah, and you did it. I did it. Where'd you finish? Yeah, uh, I was. One spot off the podium in the the men's expert forty plus division. Um, it, it was uh, all all five days. I was on in third place. In the last day, I was trying to chase down second, and I was so focused on on just going full gas that I blew a turn, and I got off course. That's right. I yeah. remember that. See, yeah. that's why I like to do this because yes. I'm telling me that self inflicted. Yeah. So, uh, how does a guy like Freddie do on the plane ride back? Is that a double? to Tito's with the Bloody Mary on the that's, way back. On that's a, that's like a that. lot of beer. Yeah, yeah, just uh, yeah. So, do, so do you come back out swinging? I mean, I feel like your family to me, you're like a brother to me. I feel like 2019, a lot of my guys that are close to my heart are in good spaces. So, and in good places, and you're raising kids and doing stuff. Do you go after another one? Always. I mean, you're always going to do something. I mean, because I'm like, okay. Because to be honest, I mean, I haven't asked you this or told you this. You haven't gone to the calendar in a while. Yeah. And I know, like, all right, what's going on? Because he hasn't been to the calendars. Are you thinking about something? Because usually, usually I like when people go to calendars because it's like, it digs me yeah. in too. Yeah. Because you, the Penningtons, the Heltons, the Harrisons, all the, the Lukes, Hochaver, all these guys pull the best out of me because they're like, Here's my goals. Yeah. You figure it out. You I know, get like, I got some stuff for the calendar for nineteen. You do? Oh yeah. You got something. Yeah, we just have to ink it in. Okay. And it's on two wheels? It's on two wheels. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. This the the ski touring mountaineering stuff is is something else that, that uh, is a passion and pushes me and drives me. But as far as two wheels and racing and lining up against people, yeah, I got a few good things in store this year. Yeah, so that is the difference because you compete. Right, compared to all the things you've been doing lately, the hella skiing, the uh, what ice climbing. I mean, have you seen that stuff that he does? It's amazing. I mean, it's ice picks and shit, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, yeah, like I just yeah, sit my, by the my, beach and get hammered. My wife asked me days. why I like to do things that just could get me killed. I mean, yeah, I'm a, I got somebody to sell you some life insurance. <laughs> I'm sure that policy is way up there. They don't, they don't know the half of it. They don't know. They don't know. Go ahead, honey. You don't have to strap in. You could be like that guy climbing the building that Chewy was talking about, the yeah. French dude. All right, so that's good. 2019, you got some good things up. I like that. That's what I was actually. That's what I was thinking. I was like, has he lost his eye, his edge? Because you, you know, you grinding right now. I mean, you, with the kids, you're right in the age of everybody. You bring them in on Saturday mornings. It's like hell on wheels. You it's know what full I'm saying? On. Yeah, yeah. And but you still, you know, the best of the best ones keep that the day full and prioritize what's important to them, so you can be better when you go back to your family. I know you, Freddie, like that. If you don't get your rides in. King of the assholes. I know it. it's going to be there, right? <laughs> no, so, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. 
After his rights, he's I wish a wild was, asshole, but uh, I love this asshole. I wish it wasn't true, but can't argue with that. Oh, my gosh. Well, I appreciate your time, man. I'd love to catch up with you. I know we don't ever get to do it, and I didn't think he was taking my podcast seriously at first. When, oh, what's all the equipment for a show? Yeah, it's for show, but I really do love doing them because I get to really connect with people yeah. like you. I love you. Thanks so much for coming on. Awesome. 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 Awesome.